you must repent, repent and be saved. You're going to hell is like the worst message I've ever heard. Repent because it's the gift of God for us. Turn to him and be loved, be forgiven, be whole, be be found in him rather than in yourself because our own identities where we try and figure it all out for ourselves, we never get it right. The Profile with Premier Christianity Magazine. Hello, you're listening to The Profile here on Premier Christian Radio. I'm Sam Hales, editor of Premier Christianity Magazine, and that is the magazine that sponsors this show and produces The Profile radio show and podcast for you to listen to every single week. And we bring you fantastic interviews with leading Christians from all walks of life. And this week is no exception. Two great conversations coming up for you on the profile today. First up, we have Jessica Oilowo. Jessica is speaking to my colleague Moiwa, who heads up Premier Gospel. And you may know Jessica as an actress and also as a singer. She's just brought out a solo album entitled Mother, with the M in mother in brackets, so it also spells other. You'll be finding out why that is the case in this great conversation as Jessica opens up about the challenges of being married to David Oyelowo, who is a very well-known Hollywood actor. She speaks very openly about even encountering jealousy in her marriage as his career was taking off. And so you're going to hear a really honest chat between Moiwa and Jessica Oyelowo in the next few minutes. I really hope you enjoy it. Without any further ado, let's listen in. Let's go back. You, you, you yourself, I mean, most people uh, know your husband for all these great roles and uh those who 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 know also know you for all your work as an as an actress but it seems you you did you made a decision to to uh to focus on being a mother uh being a homemaker even though you were doing other work why did you make that decision because people you went to to drama school where that you went to i mean they 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 would have been you would have seen them doing their stuff and you know on stages and why did you make that decision when i first became a mum i was 23 and i was working all the time i had another baby 3 years later and I continued to work when we lived in the uk i was working as an actress i did a lot of very, very fun jobs in the UK, plays, film, TV. And um, it was between the two of us working, having two children and a nanny, there's no way we could have done it without help. No way. No problem. It was, it was good. I'm a good juggler. I, I can manage lots of different things. And then before we had our third baby, we moved to America. And when we moved to America, it was such a different industry. It was such a different space to inhabit as an artist, because in England we have quite uh, um, the entertainment industry is is small enough. Certainly within acting, within TV, film, theatre, it's small enough where you can know all the casting directors. You you will have met all of them you will have you've worked with enough directors and enough other actors that you have 
a, a really good knowledge of who's who and what's what. You come to Hollywood and try and meet every casting director, you will be meeting a, an individual every hour for the rest of your life. There is so much going on in Hollywood. There is, it's fierce competition and the business of entertainment is housed in Hollywood. The artistry of entertainment is much more free in the UK. We're not as good at the business. We are actually more focused and actually more respectful of artistry in the UK. So there was no kind of fight within myself as an artist, being a mother and, you know, definitely raises questions of who am I when you have children? Because everything changes, everything changes. Suddenly you're all, it's all consuming. But it was, honestly, it was moving to the States and going, I don't understand this. I don't understand this business the way I understood it in the UK. I I need to stop. Also, I was pregnant a month after we arrived in the UK. My agent retired while I was pregnant with my third child. I fired my team that I did have in America because I found out there were all kinds of things that I didn't agree with that they were up to. <laughs> so I was like, nope, I'm not doing that. I don't want you to be representing me. You don't represent me. So no. So pregnant with a third child with no management, no agent, no team. I just thought I'm going to, I'm going to take some time out. Everybody needs mummy right now. Everybody so, needs. So there's a, there must be a, a, a foundation and a, a confidence that allowed you were you comfortable doing that or were you fighting yourself? Because most people, um, at least looking us looking from the outside, one, their dream is to be in, in Hollywood and it's, I'm going to do whatever I need to do. I mean, the team and the shenanigans, that's their business. God will judge them. I just need to do what I need to do to get my... So it takes a degree of, of confidence in something for you to say stop i'm not doing this and you know the dreams i had maybe they can they can be they can be paused whilst i do this where where does that what, what fueled that what informed uh the way you were was it your faith or your upbringing or was it the fat trust fund that you had behind you <laughs> No trust fund. <laughs> no, my parents are wonderful, wonderful, amazing, very hardworking individuals who do not have a lot of money. Um, it was all of the above. It was, I trust God with my every breath. So if he, if he has a different plan for me right now, that's what I'm right going to do. But it was also fear. There was also quite a lot of fear in me being in Hollywood and going, I, 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 I can't figure this out. I don't understand this, this new priority list that people seem to have. And it was more important that I looked a certain way than I could act a certain way. I'm a talented actress. I'm good. I can inhabit a character. But what seemed to be more important to people was how I looked while I played that character. And that for me is like, but that's not who I am. That's not what's important to me. I, I don't 
every character description I would read back at the, it was in the day of network television. This was 16 years ago. We moved to the U S it was sexy librarian, sexy scientist, sexy, whatever. And I just going, that's not, that's not who women are. That's not who we are. I don't want to, it was all about the representation of who, who I am and who was who was surrounding me and what I was putting out into the world. I, it's very important to me that I put things out into the world that are edifying, that are, even if I'm playing a difficult character or a, a, an evil character, the story itself is doing something for good. And so I just found myself going, this isn't who women are. What's going on? Why are we, why are we treating women like this? And I was a 29 year old with three kids and Hollywood was like, what? <laughs> You're what? How we how we don't know what to do with you. You're too young to play the mother, and you're 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 older. You're, you're the kind of the right age to play the sexy girlfriend, but you're a mom, so you can't be the sexy girlfriend. It was just this kind of identity crisis that uh, Hollywood put me through. Of I need to know who I am entirely before I can offer my artistry in this environment. I need to be so sure and so confident because yes, I'm confident enough to say no, but was I confident enough to offer myself vulnerably as an artist and, you know, present my, my abilities as an artist, my personal story within song or playing certain characters. Was I confident enough to do that? No, I needed to, I needed to dig in and get very rooted and grounded before I could possibly have the opportunity to be true to who I am and to who God is in me um, with the crazy buzzing environment that we then found ourselves in. And so it was, it was rough. I'm not going to lie. It was rough. How long, how long, how long did that journey take you? And, and what were some of the things that you found on the way Um in yourself personally you thought okay i didn't i didn't know that was there i needed to work that so many things i'm still on that journey i'm going to be on that journey for the rest of my life there's always things that we discover that we're like hold on a second is this is this jesus or is this really not okay (laughs) i'm pretty sure that's not okay i i had to deal with a lot of jealousy i was married to a man whose star was rising while I was at home wiping up poopy butts. (laughs) And we had, in the UK, we'd been working together. Like we'd been, he did a film, I did a film. I did a TV show, he did a play. He did a TV show, I did a play. We were were like, we were very together um, on, in our career trajectory and for it all to stop, I definitely had a bunch of identity crises, plural. There was no way it was going to be easy. But I'm not I'm not someone who takes easy. I, I hear there's a road and it's broad and wide and easy. And I'm like, I'm not taking that road. I'm going to take the narrow path that leads to life. And that narrow path is never easy. It's going to be hard. So let's expect it to be difficult. And I have been praying... Psalm 139 over myself for years. Search me and try me, O Lord. See if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And so I just go, 
my heart is wicked and deceitful above all else. So I can trick myself into thinking that I'm great. I can trick myself into thinking that I'm good. I'm godly. I've got it all. I'm whatever. Search my heart, oh God, because my heart is wicked and deceitful. And I need you to tell me. I need you to love me. I need you to show me where I am not godly, where I am not okay, where I'm holding on to sin, where I'm holding on to self. And so my my mantra in all of this, and I'm not saying it was easy. I can say it all with a smile now. It was hard, but death to self kind of became my mantra. I was like, there is no other way. This is this is this is where I am. So I stopped working and I I didn't just stop working. I homeschooled our children. I took everybody out of the systems. Oh my Lord. <laughs> now, Mrs. O, you're going to make me scream because whilst this I'm, this feels like a, I'm having a therapy session Come on. Uh, that, that I, could sh- I could share with my wife because you, you're talking about things that even people who are not in Hollywood are going through where one partner seems to be excelling and the other says, it's all right, you're living your dreams whilst I'm here and, and that causes a huge fracture, but here you are in Hollywood, mm-hmm. 25 years of, of marriage. Uh, and, and you're saying you had to focus on yourself but, and be honest with your own frailties. Absolutely. But you were where we are in this world. We have, I think we've, we've got our values slightly muddled up that, um a pursuit of dreams and an excelling in the world and having money or success is where we place our value and that's not where our value lies my i had to dig down into the place of my value being found in the one that never changes his value system never changes he always loves He always cares for, he always gives. And I, I, it was, it was an impossibly difficult journey. And I, I, you know, you feel like you're going to die. It's, it's hardcore because you are dying. You're literally dying. You're literally putting to death the works of the flesh. And you are finding yourself in a space where you can say, my value is not in my outward success my value is in who god is in me not even who i am in christ i i am not the point here he is the point he is the reason he is if he can become your everything then your value system is is fully realized and i through writing this album the reason one of the big reasons i wanted to write this album was because mothers have been so devalued where we place our value system on so many other things that there's so little value placed on motherhood. It's the most important thing we can do. (laughs) It's so sacrificial. It's so all-consuming. And we don't value the women that are giving up their lives to do this. And I wanted to tell my own story through this album to honor, to empower, and to respect mothers and motherhood to let them know, I I understand. 
I see you. I love you. You're incredible. Look what you did. You you made people. What? That's incredible. You you nurture them and you do all these things in secret. And I I just discovered so many beautiful things about the heart of God, how motherly and kind God is through this journey. Hey, this is Sam. Really hope you're enjoying this conversation right here on the Profile Podcast today. Could you do me a favour right now? It will take you just two seconds to give us a rating and a review wherever you found this podcast. Just a couple of seconds to give us a rating is so, so helpful. It helps other people to discover the show as well. So if you could do that, we would so appreciate it. So, so um, I mean, uh, we homeschool our, our children too. And uh, and I say we, but it's my wife that's that does that, and, and I understand the weight of it on her. And sometimes she would she would have days where she she would say, "What am I doing?" Um, I mean, I, I've there's I've seen someone who's running a business, uh, has a job, uh, has you know the, the the children are winning all the soccer matches. And they're still doing TED talks, and all I could do is, <laughs> is this. So, so I've, did she brush yeah. her teeth? She she did it. She brushed her teeth that day. <laughs> and you, you're 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 talking you're talking about some of the experiences that a lot of us see uh, around us, and that some of us live with. But you captured it on a record, uh, and and how do you? I mean, songs like. Uh, is it sleep? Or, or deep, it's, deep, it's a song where you're talking about the baby not sleeping. Yeah. Now, sleep deep. Sleep deep. How how does that convey the the joys of, of motherhood? Because you're talking about baby that can't that can't sleep, and and people <laughs> there'll be people listening thinking, because mm-hmm, I let me tell you real quick, we we our first son, everyone would ask me. Oh, does he also yes, he sleeps perfectly. Then one day after about three months, my wife snapped and she said, Listen, you sleep soundly. The baby doesn't sleep. <laughs> I was, I was, I felt so bad for all this time. This poor woman has been up with the baby. And she hasn't been. And you know what I did? I went to sleep the next day. Of course you did. I slept deeply. <laughs> so how how does this album uh, that you put together, how does it really tell the story of, of, of a mother that you say you, you're celebrating motherhood? Because some of it is talking about the challenges of, of mother, the real pain of it. Honestly, those challenges are usually, they're happening in secret. They're happening when mothers are alone. They're happening in the middle of the night. They're happening while she's miscarrying. They're happening while she's having an identity crisis. They're happening while she's she's struggling to love the children that are being so rebellious and annoying and just impossible in that moment. They all happen in secret. All those difficult things tend to happen when you're on your own with the child or just on your own. Just in that moment when you can finally get to the restroom and just sit peacefully and pray that they don't bang on the door. 
Like that is the only time often in your day, especially when you're homeschooling and you have young children, that is the only time you have to yourself. You have no time to even think. It's imperative that we have time to think. I used to stick my kids in the stroller and scooters and just walk. So I'd have time to think. And it was it was in those moments where you're going, ah, what, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? And so I wanted to be honest about the journey because I know every mother I've spoken to or my friends that are mothers, we all go through this and we feel alone because these things happen in private. So I wanted to be honest about the journey. I wanted people to know that they're not alone that what they're doing is incredible and that they they hold the keys to these little lives in such a remarkable way and that they need encouraging in the moments where they feel alone where you know it your sleep patterns change when you have a baby your body changes incredibly when you have a baby you your everything changes and there's no roadmap for you it's happened billions of times before billions of us have been born and our mothers have been through the same thing but I hadn't been through it and your wife hadn't been through it until she went through it until she went through it herself she couldn't be prepared for what it was going to be and then feeling devalued in that moment and feeling like well what what happens to me now what happens to me where am I what happened? Where did I go? It's These are really important things to discuss and to get out in the open because there's a lot of guilt. Mothers are doing an incredible job and they still feel guilty that they're not doing enough. And we have to start deciding that we're going to encourage one another. We're going to honor motherhood in a, in a fresh way. We're going to put value on what mothers are doing so that they don't feel so alone. And the, the discussion around it, you, you explored on the record, then you, you're, you're going to go even further in your podcast with, with guests like uh, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, uh, Barbara Bacoli, Gail King, and, and others. But I, I do wonder, though, um, I've seen uh, big-name couples like you and your husband, and I've seen how whoever the, the person in the limelight is, when when you're out together uh how the crowds clamor for the person in the limelight and totally shun the <laughs> other person um yeah. so so I'm, I'm i'm assuming i may be wrong i'm assuming you've experienced some of that and i and i wonder if you have uh at what stage did you were you able to deal with that? And how were you able to deal with that? Especially because yeah. not just with in Hollywood, there, there, there are couples, there are there are mothers, there are there are single parents or others who who feel like they're being shunted to the side by other other things that want the attention of whoever. How 
how how did you get to the place of of shalom, shalom. in that picture and how, how did you do it well for the longest time i i felt like my name was actually plus one it wasn't jessica oyelowo it wasn't olori it was plus one david would be invited to everything and he was allowed to bring a guest. And even people who knew us wouldn't put my name on the invitation. They'd put plus one. And so it's very real. I've I have had a, a long time of um feeling other, which is, you know, you alluded earlier to my the album called Mother question mark, because there's brackets around the M. I have felt other for a very, very long time. And um my process and my journey with that was I wrote the song, Bird Song, which is um, how on, on the album, it's how many times do I have to say the same thing before you hear me? How many times do I have to do the same thing before you notice me? I feel like a bird in a cage. I'm singing for freedom, but I, I the more I sing, the more I'm in a cage. And that song, I wrote that in the middle of feeling like I was, unimportant. I no longer mattered because I was just a mother. I was just a wife. I, David was making movies like Selma. He was playing Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. He was, he was being wined and dined in Hollywood with his plus one who sat there like a little lemon going, I don't know what to say. I had lunch. We, we had dinner with President Barack Obama and First Lady Michelle Obama. And I had nothing to say. And I felt like such an idiot in that room. It was a private dinner. There was only about, I don't know, 12 people there. There's Oprah Winfrey, there's Gail King, there's a set, couple of senators, there's Ava DuVernay, amazing filmmaker. There's David, there's me, there's Barack and there's Michelle. And I'm like, what do I do? What do I say? Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? I've got nothing to say. And I, I realized I was choosing to not have an identity. I was choosing to not participate in those conversations. I was choosing to feel like a plus one. So I had to choose to make sure that I stopped putting my value in worldly success, in being around people, being in these moments and feeling like I have no value. I had to start choosing to see myself rightly. And seeing myself rightly meant seeing myself the way God sees me. And so I chose to repent. I chose. Sorry, before you got to the repentance yeah. point, how did the those feelings that you had, those thoughts that you had, how did they affect your relationship with your husband and your children? I mean, it was it was difficult. It, to be very, very fair, David had, uh, we had quite an extreme circumstance in our life that made it very clear that I, I was not behaving well. So four weeks before he started shooting Selma, his mother had a brain aneurysm. And 
barely survived. She was given a 5% chance of survival. She survived, but she remained in a vegetative state. She was actually in a coma the entire time he was shooting Selma. So while he's playing Dr. King, his mother in, in Atlanta, his mother is in London in a coma fighting for her life. And she had prayed this movie into being, she had been his biggest cheerleader and he is having to play this role and talk to his dad on the phone about whether mummy is still alive or not. And it was so devastating. So he had this extraordinary moment in his career mixed with the worst moment in his life. And my response to that was very telling to me. How I responded to him stepping into what you might call his star rising, his stardom, his, you know, the the job that kind of secured his legacy as, as a phenomenal, as one of the greatest actors, honestly, he's one of the greatest actors that's ever lived. He is a brilliant, brilliant actor. And his mother is in a coma and I'm feeling resentful because I'm not getting enough attention and I'm not working at the level that he is and I'm stuck at home with children. I mean, it was pretty big mirror that was raised up to my face to show me my own sin my own issues, my own judgment and insecurity and fear. And that's what truly was the moment. That was where I was like, how am I this awful? I've been praying, Lord, search me and try me. You've searched me and you've tried me and I've been found wanting. This is not okay. I'm jealous. I'm jealous of my own husband. That's not okay. It doesn't matter what's happening in my life. It doesn't. It's not okay for me to be jealous. It's not okay for me to feel resentful. Is that what you capture on Soften My Heart? Yeah, mm. absolutely. I, I, we, The Bible goes on and on about have hard hearts. Don't harden your heart. Don't harden your heart. God, God resists the proud. What is pride? It's a hard heart. If you have a hard heart, you are proud. And I had a hard heart. I'm not all evil. You know, I was nice and I was absolutely supporting David through all of this stuff. But the turmoil that was happening inside me was this. I was obviously, I was not saying, how dare you go to work and be successful? And how dare you have a mother that's sick and in a coma? Not at all. I was being very, very supportive and very kind. And But on the inside, I was in turmoil. So between me and God, there was a very deep conversation happening. And I... I needed to, and it was around that time I wrote Birdsong where I'm like, I, I don't feel like anyone's listening to me and I don't feel like I'm listening to you and I don't feel like I'm 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 realizing what's really going on with my life. And and then I wrote Soften My Heart, where it's Lord, I don't clean me out. I I don't like any of this stuff. I want to live in the secret place where I can see you, I can see your face, I can behold you, and I can love you the way you love me. Because the secret place is the place that mothers know better than anyone. It's all the things that happen in private. 
And that's the place where we're met, where we really truly meet with God is in the secret place. That's where he calls us to turn aside, close the door, go into the secret place. And every mother understands that secret place. And I then made the choice to allow the secret place to become the most precious place of my life, where everything I do in secret is in worship. Everything I do, whether I'm changing a nappy or I'm washing up or I'm doing the laundry, whatever I'm doing, it's an offering of worship. It's the secret place of communion with God. And that's where everything started kind of shifting for me. And I could write songs like What Love Does, where I I finally was able to receive the love of God because I humbled myself. I was proud and hard-hearted, even though, you know, people will give you a pat on the back and say, oh, you're so supportive of your husband and you're so great with the kids. What does God see? He's not looking on outward appearances. He's looking at the heart. What was my heart? It was hard and resentful. So repentance is the most healing balm for all of our lives. It's the gift of God through Jesus on the cross. It's everything. (laughs) Repentance isn't like a requirement. You must repent. Repent and be saved. You're going to hell is like the worst message I've ever heard. Repent because it's the gift of God for us. Turn to him and be loved. Be forgiven. Be whole. Be be found in him rather than in yourself because our own identities where we try and figure it all out for ourselves we never get it right we can't i'm so grateful for your time and and there's so much that you're you're saying that that really wish we ought to capture for not just for mothers but for uh, single parents for for young people um I have a couple of questions I would like to ask, if you don't yeah. mind. One is on the journey of recording the album. Uh, what were two? Can, can you paint a picture of two uh, poignant moments for you recording the album that you can remember? Uh, and, I mean, they don't have to be the darkest moment or the you know the most scintillating moment. Just two poignant moments for you on the on the album so that when we're listening to the album we hear that song oh yeah that's that's what mrs oates was talking about yeah i i as we do in england it's not i live in america now so it's very different musically here we don't have the royal college of music in america you don't take exams you don't do grade one to eight you don't do music theory at grade five that's normal in the uk And in recording this album, I realized that my knowledge of music is very, very deep. I did grades one to eight in three different, I did voice, I did tenor saxophone, and I did piano, grades one through eight. I did my music theory, I did music history, GCSE, I did music composition, GCSE. I did a a lot of work, a lot of study as, as a musician in when I was growing up. And I've continued to sing and play and write my whole life, but I've never released anything before. This is the first time I've really released something. And there was a moment when we have, I have an orchestra on the album. It's uh, stunning in Budapest, it's Budapest based orchestra. And I was listening to the session that was being recorded while going to the airport to get on a plane, to go do a job. I'm listening to this orchestra playing music that I had written 
had been arranged for me by the most incredible guy, Ben Cherney. He he did the most beautiful arrangements. And it's a full orchestra. And I'm going, this is real. This is real. I grew up with classical music. I play classical piano. I sing classical music. But I, I am recording my album with a full orchestra. This is unbelievable. It was a, a, such an exciting moment for me, such an exciting moment. And, and I would say one of the other moments was um, the final song, Mother, that really it's the kind of affirmations of who I now am, know that I am, who, what motherhood has given me rather than what it's taken from me. And having, I'm a very collaborative person. I wrote most of these songs with my friend um, some of them I wrote a long time ago. Some of them we wrote together and some of them she kind of helped me improve ones that I'd written a long time ago. And we had a, a choir of women singing in chorus with me, I am mother. And I, I heard such power in their voices and I heard such beauty in their voices. And it really helped affirm to me the community that we need around us as women, as parents, as just human beings, the community of voices that we need around us to, to make sure that we are feeling the value that we actually have in all the ways in which we have been made beautiful by God. That was Jessica Oilowo speaking to my colleague Moiwa about her latest album. It's called Mother with the letter M in brackets. It's out and available. And during that interview, you also heard a clip from the title track, Mother. Jessica is also the cover interviewee in this month's Woman Alive magazine. Do check out Premiere Woman Alive. Just head to womanalive.co.uk where you can read the interview you've just heard and get yourself a copy of the latest issue. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with another great interview for you coming up right here on The Profile. We'll be back after this. Too many of us are living in a bubble and not hearing both sides of the world's important stories. It's time for a more rounded perspective. It's time to discover Premier Christianity. Balanced, confident, relevant, faith-filled. Discover fresh biblical perspectives as we bring you wide-ranging stories that impact the church. Discover the go-to source for Christian news. Subscribe at premierchristianity.com. Now only £5 for three months. The Profile with Premier Christianity magazine. You're listening to Premier Christian Radio and you've joined us for The Profile where we interview leading Christians from all walks of life. You just heard my colleague Moiwa in conversation with Jessica Oyelowo and as I mentioned, you can also read that in Premier Woman Alive magazine. Just head to womanalive.co.uk. And now, in part two, I'm delighted to say my colleague Ibe has been in conversation with the music producer Ian Green. Ian has worked with a whole host of artists, both mainstream and gospel. You're going to find out more about his career, his life and his faith in this interview. Ibe, over to you. You're listening to The Profile.
And you know what? I'm very, very excited because I have a man here who's worked with so many people. I mean, uh, the list goes on and on. 40 years in the music business. He's a worship leader, songwriter, award-winning music producer. He's worked with the likes of Michael Jackson, Madonna, Jennifer Lopez, Justin Timberlake, Noel Robinson. I mean, he's got a massive, he's made a massive contribution to UK gospel scene, mentoring and creating music for so many artists. The list goes on and on. And not only that, he's got a powerful testimony. I'm talking about the one and only Mr. Ian Green, who's with me in the studio. <laughs> oh, bless you, brother. It's been a long time, a long know, time, a long time. I think the last time we spoke, uh, uh, you you just come out of COVID. That's all right. Yep, you you yep. were ill. You you went through the the whole thing of of being in hospital mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and look at that. God has restored you. Amazing. And you're still here doing music and 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 making things happen. So we really thank God for your life. The fact that you're you, you're here. Thank you. So you you you've come you've come you've come full circle. <laughs> Three years later, yes, you're here. You've got a brand new project. You've got Love Nelson with you. Yes. Um, I'm hearing productions here and there, uh, pr producing for so many people. I mean, first of all, um, how do you find time? Because you, you got you you're producing with so many people. How do you find time to do your own stuff <laughs> as a producer? You, I don't know. <laughs> I, I I just I just squeeze it in somehow. Yeah. It's not always easy, but um, it's okay, man. You know what I mean? It's, it's fine. I get enough time, I guess. So, I mean, you've been producing for nearly four four decades. For real, wow, yeah. Wow. And, and he doesn't look like he's been he, look, he looks like he was born in the 90s. You know, he's got a very young <laughs> face. Now, I mean, Thank you. I mean, I know that you're, you're the type of person, you don't, you're not a showboat. That's not who you are. But just tell us some of the artists that you've worked with and some of the experiences that you've had. Um, gosh, that's that's that's. There's a lot of people, man. Um, on the secular or the gospel? On the secular and gospel. Um, probably Madonna. That was that was a, an amazing experience. Um, yeah, I, I learned quite a lot. She, t I learned some things there that I was like, oh wow, you know, what I mean, just just trying to be have a, an innovator's mentality mm. and um despite what what we can say about you know secular artists etc you know there's still she she's she was a consummate professional and you know you could see from from all of her endeavors why she became so huge mm. um, because the work ethic it's the work ethic and just the attention to detail even you wouldn't think but man i tell you what she she knows some stuff and um I think I grew a little bit from a great deal from that encounter a week in the studio with her. So mm. yeah, that was a bit crazy. Like yeah. even I had to sing backing vocals on the record. Imagine, imagine Madonna's producing your backing, your singing. <laughs> I'm like, I was like, God, you've got to help me, please. <laughs> I was so scared, bruv. Like I was so nervous. W was there a point when you had a, a God moment with her? Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's funny because. You know, I would always, I was led. I wasn't like going into the session thinking, right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna preach Jesus to her because you got, you can't do it in your own strength. You need to be sensitive, and and obviously it's a professional situation. 
So, you know, it's you have to have wisdom. And, you know, I, I just always would pray, God, if there's anything you want me to say, just let me say it. Do you know what I mean? And just be simple and not trying to bash anybody over the head with it. Do you know what I mean? Just like let it just flow. And, you know, there's a couple of times, I think I, there was one scripture that uh, just came up my mouth. I just said, yeah, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. And there was a few times when I, I kind of just dropped a few scriptures because I live by those scriptures. Mm. The, it's the living word and I, I need I need the word of God to sustain me. Mm. So, and um, I remember she said, she was like, Oh man, that's words of wisdom, man. That's 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 wow. Like it, you know, it it, it hit her a drops. bit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I, I I pray that you know that that was a positive, that God put me in there to to sow a seed into her of the word. So there, there you go. You, there you go. Now you work with the likes of Noel Robinson. Um, you 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 actually did a track together on your last album, Stand Up. Stand Up. Yes, what a great yes. great great vibe that was. That was sort of like. Um, Reminiscent of Earth, Wind and Fire. Yes, it had that kind of vibe to it, yeah. What was it like working with, with Noel Robinson Studio? Amazing. You, so you, easy to work with. Consummate professional, great man of God. Um, yeah, lovely. I mean, because I mean, you both play guitar. Did you uh, jam once at one time? Uh, no, with, with <laughs> Noel's around, I don't need to be picking up the guitar. I'll just <laughs> let my man hold that, yeah? <laughs> Now, I'm not. I'm not on his level. He's 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 incredible, man. Incredible musician. Absolutely. Now I, I want to ask you. Now <laughs> there's a story about you sharing your faith with the late actress Brittany Murphy's mum. Now oh, Brittany Murphy gosh, yeah. was um, she was in Clueless, mm-hmm. right? And she was also in Eight Mile. Eight Mile. She played Eminem's girlfriend in That's Eight right. Mile. So. Please, I mean, I'd love to hear that story. You want to hear that story? Yes, please. Okay, so the night we were we were due, I was working with Paul Oakenfold at the time, and we were due to record a record with Brittany Murphy. She was doing the 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 lead vocal on the song called "Faster Kill Pussycat," mm. and the night before the session, I couldn't sleep, and I was thinking, "What's going on, man? I can't sleep." I like. I just, I was getting, it was so late as well. I just remember, I'm in the studio in the morning. I need to be fresh and on it. And I just got a sense of like, you need to pray. So I prayed in the Holy Spirit until I felt a release. And I didn't know what I was praying for. Um, But I just prayed until there was a release. And I went to sleep, went to the session, um, set up, met Brittany. She was lovely. Her mum was there. Session went really, really well. It was going great. Then all of a sudden, right, Brittany's mum pulled out a cigarette. And she this, she just said, do you know what? I've got lung cancer and I can't stop smoking. And as she said that, it's like heaven just opened up over my head. And the glory of God came on me. And I, I literally had to hold on to the mixing desk because my knees went really weak. Like, I, f- I thought I was going to fall over. Mm. And, I j- and it just flew out my mouth. Do you know what? I, I, I know someone who can help you with that. Mm. And I began to share my testimony of how God rose me off a deathbed and gave me a new set of lungs, which is documented, mm. a documented miracle. So um, basically I just said, you know what? can I pray for you? And she was like, please, please. And I look round 
and I saw Brittany Murphy on the on her knees with her hands in the air with tears in her eyes, wow. crying. And um, I prayed for for Brittany's mum to be healed, of, set free, delivered from that addiction and and lung cancer. Wow. And um, Brittany. Brittany just came over to me and was hugging me and she was just like, I was praying to God to send somebody. I, 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 want, I was praying to God to send somebody and he sent you. And I just thought, you know, when you're on, a, on, a, on an assignment, you're doing your work and you're just thinking this is about me trying to make a dollar. And, you know, yes, God understands we, we need to survive in this world, but he'll use that as a, he used it as a vehicle to get me to... Britney's Murphy's mum mm. God rest Britney Murphy I mean I was devastated to find out she passed mm. but she loved the Lord mm. hallelujah so we know where she is she's with the Lord so anyway um, yeah so I found out about I think it was about a month later that um, she she was healed God healed her man wow. hallelujah wow glory Wow. It's, God has a plan. I, I said it, and we've been talking about it this morning. God has a plan. He has a plan for you uh, and for me. He has a plan. I, I, I'm very, very encouraged by that. Amen. Wow. If there's any questions that you'd like to ask uh, uh, Ian, he's in the studio. Uh, text double six triple seven. We've got a text coming already. Uh, someone says, How do you make a decent living uh, on the gospel scene without working in secular as well? Um trust in the lord just allowing god see god knows what we need and sometimes it's not about just having all of this excess even though that's nice and that we want that but you know i find i still do secular things here and there but it's it's really to a minimum um because i just those doors don't really really open for me now it's mainly gospel and then i work with my son so you know god god looks after us you know when we're not we wouldn't say i wouldn't say i'm you know well off or anything but the truth is we have the prosperity of god and that's as any need being met at any need any given time that's the meaning of prosperity and i have that in my life i can honestly say that god is faithful he's the supplier of my needs and you know sometimes god has to he has to he had to deal with me of not having the, the, the pride of life and the lust of the eye and the lust of the flesh, you know, like wanting to have all these nice things, the big house, the big car. In fact, God allowed me to be stripped of certain things, you know what I mean? But because he's my source, my gift is not my source. My talent is not my source, but Jesus is my source. And there's peace in that, that you can rest in that. Because God is so faithful, he watches over his word to perform it. So I, I, I tell you, it's such a peace. So yeah, it's all good. God's got it, man. He knows, <laughs> he knows his thoughts concerning us, thoughts of good, plans for good and not for evil, to give us a future and a hope and an, ex an expected end. It is well with my soul. Even when we're going through trials, we know that God is on the throne and that he will supply our needs. Our needs are met supernaturally. You, you know, it's you just, ah, oh, hallelujah. See, see Ian, now this year marks 50 years of UK gospel music. Now, how would you describe the, the UK gospel scene when you first started out to where it is now? Oh, wow. Um, well, when I, when I came into it, yeah, it was, it was obviously a lot, 
a lot smaller than what it is now in terms of the reach. But, um, you know, like obviously having this station, um, a step forward, um, you know, you've seen it really begin to grow in a, in a great way, which is which is wonderful. There's a lot more people doing it now than when I started. Mm. Um, I mean, obviously, I came into it still quite late because, you know, I wasn't growing. I didn't grow up in the church. Mm. But um, so I missed out on a lot of obviously what you guys have grew up with. But um yeah, you can see now. It's like this. It's 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 not inundated, but is is a lot of 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 great talented ministers that are, are having a platform now. Obviously, with the social media, you know, it's wonderful, man. It's that you know the knowledge of God through music is is covering the earth, man, and that's that's what we want, and that's what God wants. So it's great, you know. It's great time to be a, a gospel artist. I feel so here at. Premier Gospel, we love to celebrate newcomers. Now, who are the n- new artists that you're probably listening to and 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 celebrating at the moment? Oh gosh, I, I love I love called out music. I think he's amazing, very gifted, um, lovely. Uh, I like I love Limbo Blaze. Limo Blaze. Limo Blaze. Yeah. Forgive me, bro. I didn't mean <laughs> Lim- Limbo Bray. That's sorry. a new one. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. My bad, my bad. Thanks yeah. for correcting me. But yeah. yeah, I love I love his record, the Gyra track. Mm. That's incredible, man. Amazing record. Um yeah, I mean this is there's too many to name. Amazing. Now, uh, Ian, uh, we're gonna be playing your new single Giving You All, but uh and it's kind of a testimony of where you're at because you do give God all, but you've also been plagued with health issues as well. So, what's, I mean, what, what, what's going on? What happened? I, I, you got, you, I know that there was a time when all your organs shut down, then you had COVID, but God has brought you back. I mean, just give us a, a quick testimony. <laughs> just round off the testimony. Oh of that. man, which one though? Because it's, you know, you know, it's so funny. My kids. They, they call me Nine Lives, <laughs> and it's it's a bit of a running joke. But you know, it just you know it just proves how faithful God is. And if it's not your time, it's not your time. Mm. And um, you know, the first time I was you know severely ill back in two thousand and one, uh, I um, had acute septicemia, ninety percent organ failure, collapsed lungs, uh, double pneumonia, jaundice, all at the same time. And um, yeah, I, I I was on life support, and the doctor said to my wife, "Yeah, so there's nothing we can do for him, and if you know we're going to switch off the machine in the morning, that would have been see But uh, God had another plan, Hallelujah! And He gave me a new set of lungs, rose me up, and um, yeah, I, I've been able, fortunate to to share that testimony in a few few places, and uh, yeah, God's good. And then I and then. I think it was in twenty, think twenty sixteen. Um, I had really high, severe high blood pressure, and I ended up in hospital again uh, with high blood hypertension, and then um, I have a thing called arterial fibrillation, where my heart doesn't work fully. Um, yeah. But um, I'm still here, praise God. And then, and then, um, you know, I'm still still dealing with that. I have to take medication, obviously. And and the thing is, is it, these these pills, I don't really want to have to take them. But you know, we have to use wisdom. I'm trying to lose weight, 
and and I'm fluctuating, but it's it's hard. I've really changed my diet completely, cut out so much stuff, and um, you know. But these tablets they, they make it hard for you to lose weight, you know. But but I'm trusting God. It's cool. It's all good. Well, if He can give you new lungs, then you know He could do anything. He could do anything. You know, we exactly. we're, we're really encouraged. I know that uh, someone out there is encouraged by your testimony so this new song mm. uh, giving you all just uh, just give us a, a little snippet of of it because we're going to play it now yes so just give us a, a little idea of what it's about um yeah it's it's um it's just my it, i just i just i love the lord like I, he's just been so good to me in my life with my family and it's it was just it just came out of me like I just want to give God my all. I know I'm not where I, I could potentially be or should be, but, um, you know, I just want to give him the, all the glory, all the praise, truly, because he's done so much in my life. He's, he's, he's revealed himself in such a profound way to me. You know, it's a relationship. He's there. You know, David said, no matter where I go, I could be in heaven, I could be in Sheol, but wherever I go, you are there, Lord, and God is with me, and I just love him because he's so faithful he's so wonderful people <laughs> and you know one thing about ian ian is very passionate about the lord and it, it comes out in his in his records it comes out when he ministers and if you see him oh, you need to see him minister live but that's another question that was ian green and giving you all oh, what a great vibe that is great great and you pl you play you played all the instruments on that, right? Yeah, yeah. How yeah. many instruments do you play? Oh, drums, bass, guitar, keys. Yeah. <laughs> Everything. Yeah, oh, yeah. We, dab we dabble. <laughs> He's like, we yeah, dabble. you know, we, we, you know, we do, you know. Finish Miss spent comes out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a great, great summer, summer vibe uh, track that is. I mean, was that purposely done for to kind of bring out that summer vibe? No, not at all. I just, I, I, I've always been a fan of um, Chic and Nile Rogers. Yes, you know, and um, you know the the whole Bernard Edwards. Oh, amazing place! And, yeah, yeah, like so, it was kind of like I had been kind of listening to that, and I just picked up my guitar, and I and I just got that guitar riff, and um, you all sometimes the songs just start from a riff, mm. and I just thought, mm, let me just follow this. Let's just see where this goes, and. Yeah, I put down, had the little groove, and then yeah, it was just like okay, and I started to hum some melodies, and mm. and it was like yeah, that that's the direction to go, and and it actually came to me really quickly this song, like for maybe at ten minutes, like that rough outline was there. It just and, takes ten um, minutes just to do a song. Ten minutes. Well, just in terms of the direction and and, and you know the the lyrical concept and stuff, but um, obviously it takes a lot longer to produce. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, perfectionist. Yeah, know? well, I don't, yeah. <laughs> you gotta you gotta say enough's enough at some point. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, it'll, it'll never like, get finished. It'll never get finished. Like like Dr. Dre. You o know? Over analysis leads to paralysis. Oh, ooh, there you go. So um, little nugget for you. Now, tell us about Freedom <laughs> Worship Movement. We've yes. just we've just heard. Uh, uh, love Nelson what a great name that is Love Nelson Love by name and love by nature come on now tell us a bit <laughs> a bit about this 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 movement yes uh, what's the purpose of this group well you know what it's it's um, it stems from um, you know I just felt a calling I felt God you know really spoke to me about building a team and um, you know obviously I work with a lot of, of singers and artists 
and um, God has been bringing a lot of people across my path over the last maybe the last sort of five six years mm. and um, you know he kind of said you know put a team together so I've done that um, I've got a good great team of people um, still on the lookout just trying to get everybody that God wants for it and so it's in its early form but um, it's in the view to obviously doing some meetings some events um, getting out there ministering as the Lord leads and um, but also it's like um, going to make records do you know what I mean because that's what I that's what that's obviously what I do so you know it's a place where I can help to showcase you know people like love do you know what I mean there's this whole plethora of amazing talent that needs songs and production and maybe not even have access to it and I want to provide that for them as, as I feel that's what the Lord is, really wants me to do. And obviously when we, we do live events, they can they will minister. So, yeah, you know, obviously it's going to be birthed in a lot of lot of more prayer, which, which we, we're into. So, yeah, it's early days, but I'm just allowing the Lord to build it, you know. So, yeah, that's the plan. You've been listening to The Profile in association with Premier Christianity magazine.